This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at Living Faith. Uh, welcome family, friends, guests, and those watching online. <clears throat> Got an excellent message for you guys this morning. The title of my message, and it's so ironic that all the worship music, all the worship songs today, kind of ties into my title and what I'm going to speak on today. And so the title of the message is Walking in Victory. So again, Walking in Victory. So if you have your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, whatever device you use to read the Word, we're going to go to the book of Actions. Or so to speak, the book of Acts. So that's what I'm believing for the church to get back to what the church was really originally created to do. Seems like we've lost that. So we're going to talk about the book of Actions today. <clears throat> so I'm going to read it, and I'm going to come back and give you some content, and then I'm going to go through each verse one by one, and then we'll just see how the Holy Spirit wants to, what he wants to do. <clears throat> so in the book of Acts, last chapter, verse 28, And this is Paul here, his ministry on Malta. So I'm going to read these first 10 verses, 1 through 10, and then I'm going to give you some context, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to go through each verse one by one. I'm going to break it down for you. Again, walking in victory. You ready? Let's go. All right, now now when they had escaped, then they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said one to another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, Yet justice does not allow him to live. Verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Verse 7. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of that island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us cursely for three days. And it happened that the father of publicists lies sick of a fever of dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary." So, Father, I just thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're already moving in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your word come forth with boldness and with power. That they don't hear me, they hear you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for every heart open today to receive your word. I thank you that your people have ears to hear what the Spirit of God will say to them. And I thank you that they'll leave differently than when they came in this place because you encouraged me to them. And we bless and we thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So I'll give you a little context. So in verse 20, in chapter 27, it talks about Paul. He's on his way to, to Rome to stand before Caesar. Now, as he's on his way to Rome, there's a centurion that's in charge of the ship, Julius. And so they're on their way to Rome. They depart there. And so they get on another ship. And uh, art, artis, Artistocrats is there. And so as he's there, they head off to Rome. They make their journey. But Paul's a prisoner. Him and other prisoners are there with him. And so as they're there, there's a storm that comes. And Paul tells them, hey, I don't think we should go on this journey. This is wintertime. And in wintertime, you know, you don't travel when it's winter in the oceans. But the centurion, he didn't heed Paul's voice. And so they continue on this journey. And they come into a storm called Eurachlodon. And in this storm... They're being tossed to and fro. And in the storm, they, they continue to go. And they didn't heed Paul's voice. And there's 276 men on this ship. And in the end, the ship begins to be destroyed because of the wind, because they didn't listen to Paul's voice. But an angel visited Paul that night and he said, You will lose no one on this ship. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, he told them. He said, you will stand before Caesar and no life will be lost. And after he heard the voice of the Lord, he told the people that we will survive this, but we will lose the ship, but we will survive. And so they go and they're shipwrecked and they're not far from an island. They drop their anchors and they swim to the shore. And then that's what we pick up here in chapter 28. And again, I'm going to go back through these one by one. And so in verse 1, it says, now when they had escaped, as they had escaped the shipwreck, they found out that an island they were on was called Malta. And it says in verse 2, the, the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. There's something about showing kindness. When you're kind to others, things occur. When you're kind, that opens door for other things to happen in your life. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Verse 3, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. In verse 3, Paul is, he's serving here. Paul wasn't looking at his situation or his circumstance. He wasn't saying that, oh, I'm shipwrecked. I'm on this island. You know, I'm supposed to be going to stand before Caesar. I'm supposed to be heading to Rome. But Lord, you, you have me here. What do you want me to do here? What is my purpose here? So he's here on this island and he's serving. He goes and he gathered these bundles of sticks and he could just set aside, set to the side and be like, you know what? I'm shipwrecked. I don't want to do this. But no, he's looking. He's like, what can I do in this situation? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? How do you want to use me in this situation? So he gathers a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. And a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hands. And right here what I have down in verse 3, it talks about how he gathered a bundle of sticks and a viper got on his hand. That's what happens a lot of time when we start serving. The enemy will come and he'll try to attack us. But if we remain faithful, no harm will come to us. 
Remember last week, my wife and I we were serving right outside these doors. We were greeters. And after service, two ladies came up to us. And they said, one lady said that she was, felt led during the worship service uh, last week. She said that she was worshiping and she felt led to go pray for this gentleman that was in the sanctuary. And she goes and prays for this gentleman. As she prays for him, she goes back to her seat. And then she felt again an unction in her spirit to go and pray for this gentleman again. And then she goes and prays for him. But her friend next to her told her, hey, I'm not feeling well today. I think I need to go to the ER. So she, after she finished praying for this individual, she comes back, she finds out that this person wasn't saved. And so she goes and tells her friend who is an evangelist. And she's like, I just prayed for this, this gentleman, but I, I know he's not saved and I, I need you to go pray for him. But remember, she wasn't feeling well. She said she needed to go to the ER. But in the midst of her situation, she wasn't looking at her problem. She was looking at, okay, what the Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to respond in this situation? So she goes and she prays for this individual. And as she prays for this individual, he, he receives Christ. And after he receives Christ, she was instantly healed. She was instantly healed because she took her eyes off of her problem, her situation, and she looked at others. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? That's what happens a lot of times. We get our focus on ourselves and our problem and our situation, but that God wants to use us and do things through us if we take our eyes off our problems, our situations. He's able to move. But a lot of times what happens, we're so tunnel vision. It's about others. It's about serving others. And that's what Paul did. He wasn't looking at his situation. He wasn't looking at his Malta experience. He was like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? So in verse, verse four, we come to. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Whom thou has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. So sh- say, shake it off. Whatever tries to attach to you, whether it's doubt, fear, unbelief, whatever it is, shake it off. Shake it off because you are a son or daughter of the Most High God. And wherever you go, God goes with you. You are no longer defeated, but you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Shake it off. It doesn't belong attached to you. And that's what Paul did. He shook it off. He knew that this doesn't belong on me. It can't harm me. I must go to Rome. In verse 6, however, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. Why is that? It's because the natives knew that if a venomous snake bites you, that you were going to fall down dead. They've seen their loved ones. They've seen their friends, their relatives fall down dead because of this snake. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. I wrote down here, isn't this human nature? First, the islanders thought Paul was a murderer. And then just as quickly, they thought he was a God. People will put you down just as quickly as they build you up. People will put you down just as quickly as they build you up. (laughs) 
In Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your minds on things above. And not on things on the earth. Paul's mind was on, on Christ. He was on Christ. He wasn't looking at his situation, his circumstance. But it was on Christ. Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this situation? That's the questions we need to be asking. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this situation? I'm facing this financial situation. I'm facing these issues in my marriage. I'm facing these issues in my home. I'm facing these issues on my job. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? How do you want me to respond in this situation? Those are conversations we need to have. Let go and let God. Let God take control. Let him take the wheel. A lot of times we put our hand in the cookie jar. We try to work it out. We try to fix it. And we end up messing it up. I've been there. I'm still a work in progress, but I'm getting better. So in verse 7, in that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. So this man must have had a, a large place. Remember, there's 276 people that he's entertaining. So he must have had a large place to entertain all these people. Remember, you got murderers, thieves, and kidnappers and everything on this, in this place. Sometimes people will show up on your doorstep who might appear to be washed up, but perhaps the Lord sent them your way to bless you. You never know who you're going to encounter. You never know what's on the other side of that blessing. If we show kindness, we show love. You know, God is love. We show love. Be kind to people. You never know what door that opens for you. Verse 8. And it happened that the father of publicists lay sick of a fever and of dysentery. This word right here, dysentery, means many fevers. And it's still known in Malta today as Malta fever. So Paul went into him and he prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. If we're willing and obedient, God wants to use us in our workplace. God wants to use us in our communities. God wants to use us in our home. God wants to use us everywhere our foot treads. But we have to live a surrendered life. Christ in me, the hope of glory. A surrendered life. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Allow him to work through us. Allow him to move through us. It's no longer I that live it, but it's Christ that liveth in me. It's Christ in us. Verse 9. So the island had. Sorry. So the island. Sorry. When, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So they came and were healed. So once you do something once and people see that God is in you, that Christ is in you. Expect others to come. But we have to have an 
openness and obedience to move in areas where he wants us to move and take a focus off of us and allow him to, to work in us and allow him to move through us. We can't have a selfish mentality. We've got to have a God mentality. It's all about what he wants to do in us and through us. Are you willing? Are you willing? I remember when I was in the hospital, it was probably about two years ago. I went in to have a hernia surgery. And as I was in the room waiting to go have this surgery, there was a nurse that came in. And I could tell that she was under some kind of pressure, some kind of distress. And I began just to talk to her, began to encourage her. And as I'm talking to her, she's telling me she's going to have this procedure done and she was nervous about this procedure. And so I just began to encourage her, lift her up. I wasn't looking at myself, my needs, my situation, but I was looking at her situation. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to her? And so I just encouraged her with the word. I encouraged her what's on the inside of me. And as I encouraged her, she, you can, the consonants on her face, it changed. And she left that place, she left that room differently. And she said, she told me these words. She said, there was a reason I was supposed to come in here. She said, there was a reason I was supposed to come in here. And I just encouraged her. I just lifted her up, building up her spirit. How many people do we know that's in our workplace, that's in the marketplace, that's in our communities, that's in our homes, that's in our families? That needs a word of encouragement. All it takes is, how are you doing today? How is your day going? And that just opens the door for, for the Holy Spirit to move. But we have to be willing to open our mouth. We have to be willing to open our mouth. He wants to use us. But it's up to us. We're his hands and feet in the earth. Verse 10. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as necessary. When you're obedient, people will honor you, people will bless you, and people will provide for you. It was out of his obedience. It was out of obedience. Paul wasn't looking at his shipwreck on Malta situation. He wasn't focused on going and standing before Caesar. But he was looking at, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation, this moment, right now? If we get that kind of mentality, that kind of focus, that kind of obedience, who knows what he'll do through us? Who knows what he'll do through us? Just have to be obedient. Take this step. What's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? What does your Malta experience look like? What does your Malta experience look like? 
You might be shipwrecked on your job. might be shipwrecked on your marriage. might be shipwrecked in a family member. might be shipwrecked in your health. Whatever that shipwreck mentality might be. Are you going to sit down and not do anything about it? Or are you going to get up and get busy and serve and be kind and show love and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you? And as you do that, your situation will change. I guarantee you that. Your situation will change. It's Christ in you. Walking in victory. Paul was walking in victory because Christ was living inside of him. Christ was in him. He he had the Holy Spirit. Christ was in him. Christ is in us. He loves you. He said, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for him? It's nothing too hard for him. Just have to trust and obey. So what kept Paul walking in victory in the midst of his situation and circumstance? So what kept Paul walking in victory in the midst of his situation and circumstance? Christ was the Lord of Apostle Paul's life because he was anchored. The more you affirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will begin to reflect your true identity. Paul was anchored. What I have here is an anchor my lovely wife bought me from my office. This anchor, the purpose of an anchor is for a vessel, a ship, a boat. They throw it over to keep the boat from swaying and moving when the waves and everything comes. That boat is secure. That boat is steady. Paul was anchored in Christ. He was anchored. And so church, my question to you is, are you anchored? If you're anchored, you're unmovable. Storms will come, winds will blow, but you're steady. You're not shifting. You're not moving. Christ is in you. You know that he's for you and not against you. You know that he's going to work it out. It might not be your timing, but... It will come to pass. Just trust and believe. Stand on his word. He's in you. Anchored. I'm anchored with Christ. He's in me. I'm anchored. I'm anchored in him. I'm anchored. Regardless of what my situation looks like, regardless of what my circumstances look like, I'm anchored in Christ. I will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord regardless of what it looks like regardless of what goes on around me I'm going to stay steady because I know my problem cannot last it's a season and seasons come seasons go it's only a season it cannot last I'm anchored in him I'm anchored it says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding a lot of times we try to lean on our own understanding, but 
lean on his understanding. Allow him to direct you. Allow him to guide you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Your steps are already ordered. It's already provided. All you got to do is just trust him. You're anchored. You're anchored in Christ. The greater one on the inside of you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I remember growing up, my dad would, <clears throat> would play this game with me and my sister. And I, when uh, my daughter was young, I found myself doing it. But <clears throat> talking about anchored, so my sister and I, we would cling to my dad's leg. And he would drag us around like this. <laughs> he would drag us around just like this. And I was clinging to his leg. And then when my daughter became of age, she would grab a hold of my leg and I would drag her around just like this. But she was clinging to me. I was clinging to my dad. Just like I was clinging to my dad and just like my daughter clings to my leg. We have to cling to him. And when we cling to him, everything is taken care of. He says, do not worry. How much more valuable are you than they? They're talking about the birds, the lilies of the valley. Cling to him, church. He's your anchor. He's your strong tower. Anchor. So I'm just going to give you a couple of quick verses and then I'm going to close here. <clears throat> Scriptures to remind you about walking in victory. And like I said, I'm just going to read these and then you can write them down if you're taking notes. <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 through 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He is not changing you to do something for him. He has changed you to do something through you. He is here to do something through you. You live a surrendered life. Surrender your life for Christ's life. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You have dominion, you have power, and you have authority. Walk in that. Walk in that. Colossians 1.27, to them God will will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not you being like Christ, it's Christ in you showing you how to pray, what to do and how to do it. Galatians 3, 27, 28. For as many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. 
There is neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ. He wants to run your life. He wants to run your life. A lot of times we don't want him to run our life. We try to run it ourselves. Allow him to run your life. Allow him to be on, on the throne of your life, as Pastor Gavin was saying last week. Allow him to run your life. Two more. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're no longer in darkness. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine so others can glorify our Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. Last scripture says, 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, a peculiar people, that you may proclaim the promises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Church, if we look like the world, how can we influence the world? If we look like the world, how can we influence the world? There should be a difference. Reflect who our, our Father is. We're a lighthouse for people. We're a hospital for people. What are we doing to let our light shine? Thank you, Lord. So I'll end with this. Alex, you mind playing? Joshua 1 9 says this Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Everywhere you go, God goes with you. I tell myself that all the time. Everywhere I go, you're with me, Father. You're with me, Lord. You're with me, Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to witness to? Who do you want me to encourage today? There's purpose. There's destiny. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? So my question to you is what does your Malta experience look like? What does your Malta experience look like? Does your experience look like you're shipwrecked and you don't want to move from a certain place? You're just going to sit here and wobble in your problems, your situations, your circumstances? Paul didn't do that. Paul looked around. He's like, all right, what can I do? Let me put my hands to the plow. So Paul got up and he gathered some sticks. What can I do to help? What can I do to serve? Jesus said, I came not to serve. I mean, not to be served, but to serve. He was serving. So Paul gathered those sticks and, all right, what else? What's next? Do we look for opportunities to serve? To serve others? 
I said a couple weeks ago, love God and love others. It's about others. Christ was always about others. It's about others. So what does your multi experience look like? What does it look like for you? We face trials and tribulation. The Bible says it, but it says to be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He's already overcome it. If you have a multi-experience, like I said, in your marriage, in your home, your kids, on your job, your finances, what are you doing? Are you sitting with the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what's my part? What's my part? What can I do in this situation? How do you want to move in this situation in my life? Holy Spirit, I'm facing the issues in my marriage. What do you want to do in this situation? Holy Spirit, I'm facing issues on the job. What do you want to do in this situation? Holy Spirit, I'm facing issues in my family. What do you want to do in this situation? Do we acknowledge him for him to take control, for him to take the lead, for him to take the wheel? Holy Spirit, I'm facing issues in my body. What do you want to do? How do you want me to pray? How do I go about this situation? What do you want me to to do? Do you need me to fast? Do I need to stop eating certain things? What do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, I got a loved one that's, that's in the world that's not serving you like he should or like they should. What do you want me to do about this situation? Do we acknowledge the Holy Spirit? Do we acknowledge him? We have the greatest weapon there is. We have the greatest helper there is. We don't even use him half of the time. That's why he's called the helper. That's why he's the comforter, the counselor. He's there. He's waiting. I'm not yelling at you, church. It's just my passion. I'm just, it's just my passion. It just comes out of me. It's just something about being anchored to him. Anchor with Christ. I love him so much. I give my life for the gospel. 24 years ago. Twenty-four years ago, I was headed to hell on a fast track. I went to jail twice in one week. I went to jail on a Monday and I went to jail on a Thursday. Obviously, I didn't get it on Monday, so the Lord's like, are you going back? <laughs> so I went to jail twice in one week, on a Monday and on a Thursday. And that Thursday, I remember sitting in that jail cell. And I couldn't even see my hands in front of my face. And I was laying on this concrete bed. And it was slide the food it would slide the food through a little slit in the door. It was nobody but me and the Lord. And I remember, I grew up in the church, and I remember being introduced to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And I remember being in that situation, laying on that concrete bed, and I looked up. And I said, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise to never go back to that lifestyle. And it's been 22, 24 years since. I've been free from that. Now, it all didn't happen overnight. It was a process. But I was willing to say, Lord, I surrender my life. Glory be to God. I surrender my life. I want your life instead. I can't do it by myself. I keep, try, I keep messing it up. Help me in this situation. And before I knew it, I had a bells bomb that came and bailed me out. I'm not even sure how it happened. But I prayed and I looked up and I said, Lord, help me. It was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It happened slowly but surely. He was pruning things off of my life, pruning people out of my life, pruning certain things out of my life. It was a process, but I was willing to walk the process. Are you willing to walk the process? He loves you, church. If if you can do it for me, loves you I heard it once said that God's love is like the ocean you can see the beginning but you cannot see the end he loves you so much he loves you walking in victory walking in victory Paul was walking in victory regardless of what his situation, regardless of what his circumstances looked like. He was determined that I'm going to walk in victory. He was determined. my encouragement for you this week church regardless of what tribulation what trials you face regardless of what it looks like regardless of what comes against you this week next month this year next year that you're going to be determined to walk in victory because of the gods you serve you're not going to falter if you have a Malta experience. That you're going to get involved, you're going to get engaged, you're going to serve, you're going to do whatever it is the Holy Spirit asks you to do. So my encouragement, just walk in victory. Serve someone this week. Tell them your testimony. Share them. Share the love of Christ. People are waiting to hear the good news. People are waiting for an invitation. Two weeks ago, we had our men's meeting at Golden Corral. If you're not involved in that, please, men, get involved in that. But, but we had our men's meeting, and I invited a guy that I used to work with. He's not a believer, but I invited him. He showed up, and I was surprised. 
He showed up. And last Sunday, as I was in the bathroom getting ready, I got a text from him. And I was telling my wife about it. I got a text. He said, uh, when is the next meeting? When is the next meeting? Sometimes people just need an invitation. That's it. We open our mouth, just give an invitation. If I never would have opened my mouth, he probably never would have came. But there was seeds planted in him. There was something that was planted. So encourage someone this week. Share your story. Share your testimony. Share the love of God. Christ in you. The hope of glory. All right, Holy Spirit, I completed my assignment. I have completed my assignment. I have done what you've asked me to do.